Welcome to the Expansive CEO Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Chapman, founder of Expansive CEO and X Squared Wealth Planning. Buckle in as we explore how to create true prosperity and build a business and a life that expands beyond yourself and makes a dent in the universe. We are keeping it spicy here at the Expansive CEO Podcast with the next installment of the Spicy Money series, where we talk about all of the last um, topics combined, sex, money, and religion, and how they show up in our lives, tying back down to shame and guilt. And my guest, Jen Germain, who um, is both you know, a dear friend and was my business coach for almost two years, uh, is here with us. So is Alex Purseglove, again, to have this beautiful conversation between the three of us about how we have experienced different things in our lives and healed from them. And Jen really brings in, you know, a bomb of saying we shouldn't even talk in those terms anymore. We, we can use more powerful language around our experiences than using the words shame and guilt. And we can really go through deep inner child healing, um, when we look at things from the lens of loving all of who we are. So as a trigger warning, we do talk about sexual abuse and sexual trauma and about miscarriage, not in any explicit terms in either one, but we do talk about those topics and how we have each moved through healing in different ways. So I invite you to really think um, and feel out how you are being asked to shift how you are experiencing this conversation what's coming up for you with the words that we're using and i would love to hear what's what's happening for you what's your experience what's shifting what's a realization that you're having because of we're bringing this conversation out into the world so again this is alex Persglove and jen germain and i hope you enjoy this beautiful conversation. I am talking today with two returning guests who I love so dearly. We've got Alex Persglove, who was just here for the Religion and Money episode, and my dear friend Jen Germain, who was with me earlier uh, in 2022 on the podcast. And we are coming back together to bring the sex and money and the religion and money conversations together and to really talk about how the roots of, you know, our issues, quotes, issues with sex and money and religion really stem from these spaces inside where we tend to carry shame and guilt around all of these topics. And we want to explore that today and how we have each um, moved through a lot of these pieces of, again, shame, guilt, fear, you know, all those feelings of separation where we tend to, from Alex's episode, make ourselves wrong in the process of, you know, understanding our relationships um, in all of these areas and move to a place of acceptance 
and love where we can really create prosperity in a profound way. Um, so I would love for you each to introduce yourselves just briefly one more time. So everyone knows who we're talking with today. Jen, can you tell us what you're up to right now? Mm. You know, it's the beginning of 2023, so I feel I'm unfolding into what that's going to look like for me as well as anyone in my world, my community. Um, I'm doing a lot of work in regards to leading, leading, essentially, and working with leaders to see where they can lead inside of themselves and how it empowers them to lead others from a different perspective. And I think it's so relative to where we're talking about today. Yeah. And how I think leadership is something that's born within you. And when you find out how to lead your life, which has been a personal journey of mine as well, it unfolds how you, or it changes the perspective on how you lead others and really lead your movement or impact in the world. So a lot of time and attention is being spent on contemplating what that looks like in the world for me right now, Hannah. I'm happy to be here again with Yay. you and Alex. Hi to both of you. I know this Absolutely. is a, this is new. Uh, we haven't done, let's say, menage a trois uh, <laughs> before on the podcast. So here we are, um, Alex. Yeah, reintroduce yourself, please. Yeah, I agree. I'm so excited to be here with the both of you. I just value you both so highly. I love these kinds of conversations. So for me, I. I'm highly focused this year in working with spiritual women who are visionary and who are impact driven and have big dreams in their hearts and also know that there's still places where they could be stepping into greater creation, um, greater, greater opportunity and really creating more joy and excitement and fulfillment in the work that they're doing. And that's why, as we talked in our last podcast episode about removing your wrongness, removing the fear of making mistakes or um, accepting all of yourself is so important on the journey to creating more empowerment and joy and also more creativity in what you're doing. Because from my own journey and my experience, I've really come to see that it's all that wrongmaking and self-judgment that slows us down, right? And stops us from really stepping into creating from our divine intuition. So I'm really excited to dive deeper into that today with both of you as well. Yeah, it's so it's such such a juicy topic, um, and people have been responding it just in like tenfold more um, because these are conversations that we really want to have, but everyone's a little bit nervous to talk mm -hmm. about it, right? So when we can come together from this space of really, you know, looking at these topics with love and acceptance, that's where we can, you know, help bring more balance to the conversation, I think. Um, and so when we were even just in preparation for, you know, what we were about to talk about, um, Jen, you mentioned that you don't even use those words anymore of shame and guilt. And let's start there and work our way backwards. What do you say? <laughs> oh, man, don't get me on my soapbox. <laughs> soapbox given, granted, take a step. Da, 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 da. I'm so excited. Okay. 
So here is my philosophy that I'm going to share with you guys is in my personal journey, when I continue to do deep dives into myself and try to look at like, what is the shame and guilt or where am I trying to find that within me? My mind automatically went to something was wrong with me mm -hmm. or those pieces of me I had to find and then, you know, like get rid of. And throughout my own journey and where I'm at now, I don't believe at all that those are pieces that I should be getting rid of or removing. I don't think they're toxins necessarily in me. I actually think they're a guiding system. And when I've worked with other people as well as myself, excuse me, I shift perspectives in the way we're looking at things. And when we continue to call this piece of, these pieces inside of ourselves shame and guilt, from my perspective, I feel that it continues to build on the feelings that something needs to go. Mm. And the switch for me came when I began to see that those places are actually what makes me strong. My pain where I, my heart has felt broken, where I felt shattered. Those are the aspects of me that I lead with now. By overcoming those times in my life, I became the leader I am today. And I believe that's what makes me unique. And that's the message that I share in the world. And it's the message each of my clients share is when we overcome these aspects of ourselves, it makes us the leader that allows all of us to be stronger together. But it's this feeling of continue to use words that resonate inside of us with a bad feeling or something to get rid of that I don't support anymore. Mm. I use different tone. That's why I mentioned like at the beginning, I don't use those words in my world, especially with my clients because I feel it's a disservice. And I think it's a disservice to the entire industry when we continue to use those words because there's beauty. That's where your beauty is born. So there you go. There's my two cents on it. Boom. <laughs> Just drop it in there. Yes. And so then how, how do you identify when a client or when you, you know, are feeling something, what, what words do you put to that instead? Because a lot of times language itself is, um, I mean, you've alluded to this already, language is powerful and how we label things really matters. But then yeah. What do you do? How do you, how do you utilize language in that way? Yes. So there's two different ways that I do it. And I usually use analogies instead of precise identifying words. So I use shame and guilt is a very identifying word. Like it has a hit in your body when you use it. So I'll use analogies that paint a different picture. And one of them I do is I might mention to somebody like, do you feel at times when I have felt these things coming through me 
it's almost like my inner world experience feels like a little toddler that's having a temper tantrum. Like there's like this acting out inside of me. I'm having pain. Like my emotions are a roller coaster and my thoughts are spiraling and going against me. And it's like literally inside of me, there's something having a temper tantrum. So I like to picture it as a little child having a temper tantrum. And the beauty of picturing it that way is children are sacred. They're beautiful. They're just having an experience that's going to wave through them pass. They allow it to pass through them. Children are gifted in this way and they have a new perspective. One second they're having a temper tantrum. The next they're like, huh, can I have an orange now? You know, <laughs> like it's just like completely different. And that's how it actually is when you start to unfold this, when you see it in a different way, as you see it's something passing through you coming up to be passed because maybe we've held on to it or for a really long time. And if children isn't the analogy, I go back to nature. I have this beautiful relationship with nature. So I use a lot of analogies there because if you look at a 300-year-old oak tree, there's something sacred in an oak tree that's beautiful. And the truth is that an oak tree at times will let go of one of its limbs to grow even stronger, higher, and broader. Mm. And while I don't believe humans ever let go of things, but it's like that nourishing of the higher self mm. that an oak tree is doing when it's like, okay, thank you for serving me where it is. And you'll even see the knots on trees. That's our, what knots and trees are from. So I use, depending on the situation, a different analogy to see there's something sacred in a temper tantrum in a child or a knot in a tree. There's beauty there. And we often take pictures of them, but we don't think of ourselves and our inner world in that respect. Mm. Now, Alex, uh, your daughter is 18 months old, right? Yeah. So when Jen <laughs> said that analogy, I just cracked up a little bit because I thought, yep, 100%. <laughs> she has the tantrum and then she's off to go watch Sesame Street or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I I, um, I have three children as well. They're a little older, 11, almost 12, just turned 10 and seven and a half very important um to call out the half right and there it's a very interesting shift to see in them as well because it's in parenting them i have gotten to uh, the best way i can put it is is like see see my my own development mirrored mm-hmm through them. Um, and it's, it's so interesting because I can see how, um, with my, my daughter, Clara, she's almost 12. Um, you know, a lot of people, the messages, again, the language that we hear around that preteen tween age, like, oh my gosh, the attitude is just insane. And you know, all of that. I think she's freaking hilarious. She's so funny. She's so sweet. She cares about other people so much. And yeah, sometimes she gets a little moody. And yesterday she had to eat salad for dinner and she cried a little bit. (laughs) You know, I mean, yeah, she's almost 12. But her the way that her heart reaches out to connect with and include the people around her is just so beautiful. 
Right. And I get, I've gotten to see her develop in that way. Um, Hazel on the other side of the spectrum, my seven and a half year old, I really get to see her in right. Oh goodness. She's right in that. Like I am becoming my own person, the mm-hmm. independence phase. Right. So that those messages that we all absorb from zero to seven, that initial growth stage where we're just taking in everything. Okay. This is how the world is. Cause this is what my world looks like. Right. That's, that's our development. Um, now she's at that stage where she's, you know, nope, ready to start cutting neurons loose. Right. And start you mm-hmm. that, that side of development that says, this is who I am. I understand that's who you are, but this is who I am. Um, and it really, you know, in, in creating space in me, uh, creating space for them to have their experience of life. It's not always easy. Um, but when I now, you know, after the, all the intense, uh, personal development work I've done over the last couple of years, I can see when I'm being triggered because of, you know, an experience they're having. And when it's triggering me, it's triggering something that I was not allowed to express Mm. when I was, when I was very little and there's a huge sense now in talking the way that this is especially relating back to the topic at hand is we don't always even know we don't we don't remember every piece of our childhood and our development and so when things start to you know situations come up at home situations come up with family or in business that that like trigger that emotion, Jen, that you were just talking about, like, what does that feel like in your body? When that starts to get triggered, it's, it's, you know, I get to now, oh, I see you. I see that little piece of me. Usually she's around five or six years old is what, you know, what kind of comes into my awareness and she just needs to be seen, be seen and in, in being mad. She wasn't allowed to be mad. She wasn't allowed to talk back. She wasn't allowed to have an opinion. Right. And how can I honor that piece of me? Because Jen, like you said, she is the strong piece. If I can add this to Hannah, I I just love that we're talking about the inner child and Jen, as you brought up, you know, the, the temper tantrum and in what you just said, Hannah, too, about needing to express, I did a lot of research with my daughter about how to raise her and support her in developing a growth mindset and developing, you know, confidence and, and autonomy as a little child. And I heard an amazing podcast episode on Joe Rogan, uh, where his guest was talking about the importance of kids feeling loved and accepted. And at a young age, you know, from zero to seven, as we're developing, you know, our subconscious, that even when they're throwing temper tantrums, even when they're, you know, frustrated or being difficult, that they need love and acceptance, because if they don't receive that, if they're made wrong, they tend to then learn to suppress their emotions. And it's actually suppressing our emotions that causes anxiety, that causes depression, that causes guilt or shame in the future. And so I've been very conscious of this with my daughter, of course, not perfect at it by any means, but I noticed this real difference when, you know, my 18 month old girl Stella will 
cry over something. And if someone picks her up and says, don't cry, don't cry. Oh, don't cry. You're fine. She keeps crying and she keeps feeling upset. Um, And it's such a subtle thing. And I know, you know, people aren't doing this intentionally, but it's such a, or when I accidentally do it, it's not intentional to make her feel wrong. But what we're actually doing is saying, don't cry, don't trust your emotions, don't feel how you feel. And so I've now um, with my daughter, I've seen a real difference when I respond to her when she cries and I'll say, oh, Stella, what's making you cry, honey? What's upsetting you? And she'll stop and she'll look me in the eye. And you can see this moment of her recognizing that she's being hurt. And so often that actually stops the crying or she keeps crying and gets it out because she's not really talking yet. So she doesn't answer me, but just hearing, you know, her cry and acknowledging her that way, it shifts. Right. And she has a different response and it's just fascinating. I, I also see just my children or my children, my daughter mirrors my development. Right. And I just see, um, wow, how amazing it is to give her love and acceptance. And I think that, that speaks to Jen, what you were saying about when we have this guilt or shame or we label it and we make it wrong, then we're not accepting all of ourselves. We're actually rejecting that part. And so I know for me, I've done a ton of work on healing from guilt and shame and and releasing guilt and shame. And I had to learn through my experience that that really comes from embracing and accepting all of you, loving the parts of yourself that aren't always the easiest to see or the darker parts or the parts that are less comfortable. But for me, I, I was really able to, to make a significant shift um, in releasing some of these, these things that I was really holding on to that were making me feel guilt or shame. And that shift came from recognizing that it actually felt good to express and accept all of it. So something I would often do whenever I felt anger is I would make it wrong. You know, I'm in the personal growth space. I'm a coach and I would tell myself, oh, I have to feel good. I have to always be high vibes and feeling good in order to manifest what I want or to be, you know, a powerful leader. And so in that, I was still making myself wrong for having this this negativity or this anger or whatever I was feeling guilty about. And it was just this huge moment for me where it clicked when I allowed myself to express that anger and said, you know what, I'm going to let myself be mad. I'm going to let myself just own like, yeah, I do have guilt or shame about this. I am upset about this. And when I did that, when I allowed it to be expressed without any judgment, I realized, wow, it feels so good to express myself. It feels so good. Even though it's anger, it feels so good to let this anger come out and be expressed. And when I made that connection, oh, it feels good. I thought I am feeling good. See, I am. It's not the highest vibes I could possibly be in, but I am feeling good. And that was the pathway to really starting to shift and release it. So that's a little bit more of of my experience. And I love what both of you are sharing about, you know, this, this really important piece of accepting all of yourself. It really is such a difference, right? In how, in how you end up feeling and showing up in the world when you accept all of you. Yeah. It, it's um, it, there's one thing that I wanted to share and then, and then Jen will shift over to you um, with my, you know, some of my clients where we're looking at a lot of this stuff and um, usually in regards to money um, because that's what comes up in my world all the time. And it's always an and it's 
you know, every time we look at something, um, there's, okay, let's look at it from this side of how, how you are experiencing yourself. You know, how are you blaming yourself when we, you know, do the flashlight? How are you taking on all of this responsibility and, and making everything wrong? Right. What part of you are you not loving in that situation? And how can we love on that piece of you even more so that you can come see like the little five-year-old version of you um, just needs to be seen. And what is this also pointing towards as a, as a structure in your operations or in your business where maybe it, you are, you're right. You're not wrong. If something is feeling a little bit off, that's your, that's your intuition, like absolutely guiding you towards something that, Hey, we can, we can shift this. We can, we can, you know, heal this piece so that when you go even bigger, you're now on a stable foundation rather than what I want to call, um, Alex, you, you pointed to this. We talked about it a little bit last time, the spiritual bypassing almost right of just, just make yourself feel better and then move along. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's also not going through the actual process of, of actually healing and actually seeing what's there in front of you to be, you know, the thing that's come up in order to be healed. Jen, what were you, uh, what were you wanting to share? Yeah, I was actually going to take this conversation into in model just an experience I've recently had and make it granular mm. for the yeah. listeners because I love doing that. I think that's helpful. And this inner child and what comes up and the tenor t- temper tantrums inside of ourselves. I recently had one where I have been working on this marketing plan and a lot of content behind the scenes that I'm releasing literally. I think today or tomorrow. And I noticed a week ago, I started feeling stuck, but it didn't come through that way. What I started to notice is I stopped sleeping. I went three days in a row where I woke up at 1am and was up for several hours in the middle of the night. And that signifies inside of me, my nervous system is out of whack. You know, sleep, sex, appetite, if those goes off, my nervous system's off. So in the middle of the night, I get up with a journal and I just start writing out and I connect in with that inner child within me. And I was like, what's going on? There is something I could feel this tantrum going on inside of me due to my lack of sleep. I was like, what's really going on for you? And by writing and writing and writing, the inner child in me revealed, you are not being recognized. Like she's acting out because she's like, I don't feel like there's any recognition in this path forward and I will not move forward with you. And what it does in my body is it stops me. So my mind will keep thinking of all these different ways. And I like hit a ground, like, why can't I move past this? Why isn't this already launched? Why isn't this in this world? So I let her say like, hey, there's a little girl. I always felt unrecognized. I had an older brother and I had a little brother that seemed to get all the attention from my parents. I felt like I was the child alone in her bedroom taking care of myself. And it was stirring up in me. It was like, are you going to release this in the world and no one will notice? Is this going to hurt you again? 
So I had to have a little conversation with her to be like, well, let's see, how can I, the other piece of me, my soul, take care of her and nourish her and make her feel good. And you know what I came up with is she wants to be recognized. So I went out and got little gold stars, little colored stars and a calendar. And every day I get a little gold star. Oh, I might've, I had one earlier on me. I get a little gold star and I put it on the calendar and I was like, good job. And it sounds so ridiculous as an adult, especially coming from, I was a lawyer and I grinded it out. But the aspect of me, as soon as she started getting recognized, she's moving forward. And I was playfully playing. I'm going to tell you this part of why I was wearing a gold star. I was playfully playing with my partner yesterday and I went in and I gave him a gold star. He didn't know I had these. This is brand new this weekend. And I was like, you have a gold star for such an exceptional and productive Monday. And he shared with me at the end of the day. He's like, that was one of the most productive Mondays I've ever had. And I feel like it's because you rewarded me before it even happened. So this morning he came in and he's like, I want a pack of stars. So I get a pack of stars and pretty soon he came in and he stuck a star on me. He's like, thank you for expressing whatever it was, like expressing and being recognized. I'm recognizing you for your voice and allowing it to be expressed out into the world. And it really changes our dynamic. It's so interesting how we can nourish those parts inside of us. But I wanted to give a real life example of, it sounds goofy, but it feels so good. That's such a great story, Jen. I am so glad you shared that. (laughs) Seriously, it's the play, right? Mm. It's the playfulness of, yeah. I mean, I was, Jen, you and I have like bonded really strongly over having similar childhoods and I felt the same way, right? I, I too, I read a whole bunch. <laughs> I just, I was in my room reading, right? Like no one needs to take care of me. I am good. Or writing poems about cats. Um, There was that too. <laughs> I wrote a lot of poetry. <laughs> Feel free to send those over anytime you want me to read them. <laughs> oh my God, I can. My mom gave that she kept them all and then gave them to me um, as an adult. But that that story that you just shared actually um, stirred up another one for me that um, was more more traumatic. Um, but the the way to heal it has been actually very similar. And I know for a lot of people, especially Especially a lot of women, um, we go through sexual abuse, sexual trauma of some sort. I, I don't even know what the statistic is. It's either of you can chime in. If you know, I know it's extremely high. Um, and it's like one in four. Yeah. That's, I was thinking in the twenties at least. Um, mm-hmm. at least. Right. And so this is a lot, another piece that we tend to hold on to that is, it's so hard to heal. Cause it's so hard to talk about. It's so hard to put our language out there, um, around it and then be held in a space where we can actually heal it from the inside rather than just being validated, oh man, that was terrible. I can't believe that happened to you. I'm so sorry for you. I feel so bad for you. Like that is not, that is not the path to healing on the inside is for someone to feel sorry for us. Yes. Mm -hmm. Instead, and Jen, this was actually 
a lot of the work that we did together, just so the audience knows, Jen was my business coach for almost two years. Um, and this was a big piece of healing for me. And uh, what ended up being the key to me, I would, I would feel, especially at night, trying to go to sleep. If I was by myself, I would, I would get panicky and my mind would be racing and I wouldn't be sleeping well. And this would all coincide again with people, um, you know, with, uh, circumstances coming up or even like I would be doing better in business. Things would be really clicking. Things are going great. And then suddenly, you know, at night I'm not sleeping. My mind is racing. I'm feeling, you know, things were not going well. We connected it back. We connected it back to that trauma that I experienced when I was a child. And besides accepting, you know, like sitting with myself and loving on that piece of myself, I also found that literally listening to children's bedtime stories did the trick. Like it was, that's what I needed. I needed to give myself a new experience of feeling safe in my, in my own space, in my body, feeling safe. And like what asking, asking that little piece of me, what would feel good? What do you need to feel safe? So I have like a rotation of like three different actual children's bedtime stories. Like if I listen to them, I'm like, this is so silly and ridiculous. And it absolutely shifted the tide for me. And it's amazing to feel safe, like actually safe inside rather than, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that happened to you. That doesn't, that doesn't heal it. That doesn't, that doesn't empower the in, you know, the inner peace of me, yeah. the little girl that needed to feel safe in her own body. I think Hannah, as you're saying that it's important too to note, you know, you're talking about people, other people responding, right? Validating, saying, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I think the same also goes for how we talk to ourselves. And not that again, all of you is welcome. It's okay to have those feelings of um, pity for yourself or, or sadness for yourself. A hundred percent okay, right? To go through those emotions, to feel sadness for yourself. And from, from my experience with different traumas I've experienced in my life, if you stay there in the sorry for yourself, it doesn't help you move beyond it, right? It doesn't help you heal from it. It's part of the pathway and it's okay. And I think the, the next stage in it is also to recognize, oh, wait a minute. They're actually is is something here for me there's growth in this there's learning there's actually beauty in this for me which almost sounds difficult to say right because it's when you experience something traumatic there again it it's a holding a duality of it's okay for it to be sad for you to be angry all of that needs to be expressed mm -hmm. and then also recognizing that um that you did nothing wrong. There's nothing to forgive. 
right? You can only actually forgive when there's condemnation. So um, I believe the the deeper opportunity is to to first forgive yourself, but then also recognize there's nothing to forgive, right? And none of what you're feeling or experiencing is wrong. It's all welcome. And when you allow yourself to express all of it, that it's all okay, like you said, then you also um, can move into seeing how, like Jen was saying before, some of the darkest parts of you can also open up some of the greatest gifts within you, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've got a little frog in my throat today. <laughs> I'm going to take yours and even expand it further is when you sit with the ass, there's a switch when in society we're like, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. There's a feeling as if you're on a pedestal or a cliff looking down upon the person. Mm -hmm. And the shift that I would love to culminate in society is this feeling of when you really go inside of yourself to see those aspects of you, like I do not have the same exact situation as Hannah or you, Alex, of what happened in my past, but I have those deep feelings inside of me too. It's when you sit with it, other people in your world you're no longer seeing as like, oh, I'm so sorry for you. It becomes an aspect of like, oh, I deeply see you. Yes. It actually is a uniting factor for humanity, for all of life. I can't even kill a spider anymore. Because the truth is, is like, I see the sacred in you. I've had experiences that hurt. Mm -hmm. And I can see your hurt. Yes. I will not judge that. Mm. I will not hold you below me. I will hold you with me because I see you. Mm. I think that's the conversation. Like it's powerful to look at it from that perspective. So whenever I'm ever in a feeling of, oh, I'm sorry that it happened, which is very rare because I actually feel that I've done a lot. I've done a lot of work. So this is pretty rare, but I noticed it the other day. I said something like that. I was like, oh, fascinating. And when I woke up the other morning, I was thinking of a conversation on this topic. So the fact that Hannah brought this into the room, I'm like, all right, this, all of us being so connected is hilarious, but it was in regards to the homeless population, which is a big deal where I live in Asheville. And there's this feeling of like, can we just get rid of them? And it was like, when you want to get rid of someone, you're stopping to see how you have an aspect of them in you. Mm -hmm. so. That's the same reason we judge people, mm -hmm. right? Jen, we judge people that they're reflecting something back to us, right? We are that, not willing to see, right? Yeah, that we don't <laughs> want to look at. Jen, I just got chills when you share that. I am so glad you brought that into the conversation. And it actually immediately took me back to a memory of um, when my husband and I miscarried back in 2020. And you and I were just getting to know each other more deeply then. And I will never forget that when we came back and were sharing with some people that we had miscarried up, uh, we were on vacation when it happened. And so we came back and I remember the majority of people responded with, I'm so sorry that happened to you, you know, or, oh, I, I feel so bad for you. And none of that felt good to receive. And I remember saying to my husband, it was the same 
case when I was diagnosed with a tumor in my 20s, I I did not like receiving the pity because it made me, it just didn't make me feel good. It made me feel less than. And I'll never forget you responded to me and said, I want you to know I see you. Hmm. And I think that was all you said was just, I want you to know I see you. And I shared it with my husband. I've shared it in workshops with clients. <laughs> I've told this story because in that moment, I felt so accepted, seen, whatever I was feeling was okay. And you didn't assume, you didn't assume what I was feeling. Right. And, and we say today, you know, it, it was a painful experience. It was sad. My husband and I still cry sometimes for the baby we never met. And our beautiful Stella is here and she wouldn't be here if I hadn't miscarried. And so there was beauty in this tragedy that we experienced and the way you responded just made space for all of it. And it touched me so deeply. And in that moment, I just remember thinking, oh, I love Jen so much. And like I said, we were just getting to know each other, but I thought, here's a real friend. Mm. I love you, Alex. Well, I love you too, Jen. Oh. You too, Hannah. <laughs> I was just going to say, you and all. you too, Hannah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I... Uh, we um, have to wrap up and, and schedule another one um, just so, you know, we can, we can have a, you know, complete the conversation here. I think, my goodness, um, just like hearts fully on display here in, in this space. And I hope it touches and expands out so much further even just from us having this conversation here today and the, the aspects that I want to, that I want to call back in as, you know, tie, tie the bow for now is this, the sense of loving and accepting all of ourselves is what also gives us the capability to love and accept everyone else around us. It's what gives Jen the capability to say to Alex, I see you. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and for that to resonate. Yeah. And when you're willing to say that to yourself, mm -hmm. right. No matter what you're experiencing, it's just, I see you, I've got you. It's a whole other level of acceptance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for sharing this time with me. This has been so special and yeah, I cannot, I can't wait to do it again uh, in whatever capacity that looks like. So thank you both so much. Thanks, Hannah. Bye. Thanks, Bye. Hannah. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and be sure to like and subscribe. And again, if anything resonated with you from this episode, I would love to hear from you. Email me at hannah, H-A-N-N-A-H, at expansiveceo.com and tell me about it. And if you're ready for your greatest expansion, you can find ways to work with me at expansiveceo.com and at xsquaredwealthplanning.com. That's X, the numeral two, wealthplanning.com. So until next time, remember that there is enough, you are enough, and your birthright in this lifetime is to be expansive.